the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. Life provides us with plenty of opportunities to feel stressed and worried, like relationships, health, work, and finances. It's normal to feel sad, lonely, afraid, nervous, or anxious. If those feelings don't seem to go away, it may be an indication of an issue with anxiety or depression. In this episode of the HR Chat Show, we're going to hear from Dale Cook, Chief Executive Officer at Learn to Live, a company which helps users identify the thoughts and behavior patterns that perpetuate their issues so they can work through them. Dale is co-founder, CEO, and the driving force behind everything that keeps Learn to Live on track and growing. He pours his positive energy and commitment into serving the various teams across the company in their pursuits of their goals, which is for their members to receive the help they need. For Dale, Learn to Live means delivering a great experience for members and partnering closely with their organizational clients to serve their communities. Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. It's great to be on. So beyond my wee introduction there, Dale, please introduce yourself a bit more to our listeners. Tell them about your career background and your role at Learn to Live. Well, I'm happy to do so. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm CEO and co-founder of Learn to Live. And uh, my professional background actually has its beginnings um, post-undergrad uh, in the human resources area. So I did a lot of work uh, in large and small uh, organizations in all aspects of human resources. And that really laid the foundation for um, at least having some of an understanding of what organizations are trying to do when it comes to healthcare or in particular mental health care. Uh, and so later on in, in my career after business school, I connected with Dr. Russ Morfitt, who's my co-founder and our chief psychology officer. And that's really where the seed was planted for me. I'm I'm the I'm the MBA in the relationship. Uh, he's the clinician. Uh, but when I learned that um, online cognitive behavioral therapy can be very, very effective for people and actually has been around for 20 years and saw the opportunity that we had in front of us to take these very effective ways of addressing mental health problems and taking them to the masses, if you will, taking them to to large scale, you know, um, implementations to large groups of people. That really planted the seed for me to start Learn to Live about five years ago with Russ. And uh, in that process, we really uh, worked hard to figure out how to engage individuals uh, in addressing their mental health and then quickly turned our attention to partnering with organizations, which is what we do now. And I think part of the reason why we're talking today. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So you and I in an elevator, uh, we're going up to the 18th floor. You've got about 30 seconds just to sort of uh, give me that elevator pitch about what is Learn to Live and what is the mission. Ready, go. Learn to Live really seeks to provide more help for more people when it comes to their mental health or what we like to call their mental fitness. And we do that by providing targeted online programs for specific mental health problems such as depression or social anxiety in a very self-directed, self-paced way. Uh, in addition to providing these programs, we also provide a lot of services that our members can access 24-7, which includes coaching uh, via text, email, and phone, and other services with our ultimate goal uh, to help employees and their family members 
uh, address their mental health without having to seek out face-to-face therapy or other traditional forms of treatment. Ding, that's the 18th floor. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I'd, I'd like to learn more. Let's exchange business cards. Okay. <laughs> so we, we've seen a shift where employers are starting to include a mental health program such as Learn to Live in their benefits package. What are you seeing and hearing that is driving this shift? You know, I think we're hearing and seeing a few different things. I think first, uh, there's much greater awareness of not just of the great degree of suffering that's out there. You know, roughly half of us will suffer from a mental health problem at some point in our lives. Uh, But there's greater awareness on the part of organizations of how untreated mental health can impact costs, uh, impact productivity, absenteeism, uh, things like visits to the ER uh, for panic attacks, those kinds of things. So much greater awareness. And I think that's coupled with uh, organizations' realization that their current treatment options for employees and families are significantly underutilized. And so they're seeking out newer forms, newer options to address mental health and mental fitness uh, that are highly scalable, but also can find some meaningful engagement uh, for their employees. And so uh, that awareness is building too on the solution side. uh, And that's where organizations like Learn to Live can sometimes help. Okay, thank you. Now we're currently living in a uniquely competitive market. Uh, the war for ta- talent hasn't been at this kind of a height for, for a very long time. And uh, in addition to having to find new ways to engage and, and attract potential hires, you've also got this millennial factor. I'm a millennial, I'm allowed to say that, uh, where they, they just want new things, right? So from from what you've seen, from what Learn to Live offers, what, what what's the difference between a traditional employee assistance program and an online cognitive behavioral therapy program like Learn to Live? You know, there are pretty meaningful differences between what we offer and what we might see as a traditional offering. So um, from a traditional employee assistance program point of view, uh, if you have a mental health problem, you might call a phone number and be referred to uh, a therapist, someone in a face-to-face setting. Uh, And that may be very helpful to you. On the other hand, uh, there might be a three or four month waiting list, which is not uncommon. Uh, That particular counselor or therapist may or may not provide the high fidelity or the consistently uh, similar form of therapy that's going to be most effective for you. And all of that is wrapped in sometimes for employees uh, concerns about stigma or fear of discrimination. And so there can be kind of an underutilization of those services. Uh, and that that's also similar in primary care. Uh, that can be a problem as well. And so uh, programs like Learn to Live are uh, available 24-7. There's no waiting uh, for that. Uh, you don't need to identify uh, to your employer to use the program. Uh, you can use it on your phone, on your tablet. It's cross-device, so it's mobile. Uh, and uh, you can connect with our coaches, uh, as I said, 24-7. And so as we think about millennials or other Uh, needs that employees have these days to be very tech forward, uh, have a very streamlined user experience, but also be clinically still very, very effective and provide opportunities digitally for people to engage with other sufferers, with coaches, with clinicians is definitely a unique approach that uh, is now quite attractive um, to sufferers. 
And I'm, I'm guessing in terms of user adoption, that those numbers are much higher with, with a program like yours because it's it's so much easier to see the direct benefits versus, I don't know, um, having to use a performance management-based technology, for example. Is, is that fair to say? It is fair to say. You know, we, um, as you probably know, I'm sure you know and your listeners know, when we think about the employee assistance program market, you know, generally their utilization or use of their programs is you know, one to 5% of a population in a given 12 month period, typically, you know, wherein with learn to live and our programs and services, we see in the, you know, 15 to 30% consistently year over year. Uh, And that's for some of our clients, you know, we've been in the market for five years, and uh, some of our clients are are four years old, and uh, every year they see those numbers. And so, I think there is a significant difference. We believe that we, we'd like to think that we're doing some unique things to uh, engage sufferers on the front end and keep them in our community long enough to really see a difference in their lives. But part of the, the reality is, too, that I think this kind of offering is just fortunately meeting some very high demand that, that previously has been unmet. And that's really the important social mission driven part of what Learn to Live does. Listeners, uh, Dale and I were talking before that we we hit record today, and uh, I just want to reiterate to you, Dale, that I just think you guys have got such a great mission and such a great product, and uh, I've, I've got a lot of respect for what you're doing. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Please, please, please continue doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're uh, It's a great group of people here. We're fortunate to have great client partnerships, and uh, um, you know we're covering now almost uh, three and a half million lives, and we want to keep moving that up as quickly as we can because there's a lot of a lot of need out there. So let's get a little bit more into the details. And can can you tell us how Learn to Live fits into the the care of those dealing with chronic diseases and and the mental health of those individuals? Learn to Live's programs really provide, I think, a potentially very powerful complement uh, to uh, the other treatment options that are out there for the physical aspects um, of people with chronic conditions. So if you consider someone with diabetes or a heart condition, um, many of them, some some statistics suggest that at least 50% of those with a chronic medical condition have a comorbidity or suffering with a mental health problem. And if you consider that that very large percentage of, of sufferers with a chronic condition as well, you know, three out of four of them are reluctant to seek out face-to-face therapy due to stigma or access issues or cost concerns. That's a very large group of people who could otherwise be improving their chronic condition if they were also addressing their mental health condition. And so for companies like us, for organizations like us, finding those groups of chronic, um, chronic illness sufferers and really targeting them to give them access like this uh, to deal with those mental health comorbidities is really important for them to turn around and deal with with their chronic diseases. And that is something that, of course, providers are interested in addressing employers, universities, health plans. Uh, we work with all of those groups uh, to, to deal with that. I'm not sure if that answered your question fully, but hopefully it did. It did. Thank you very much. So you mentioned uh, stigma just a second ago. Uh, th- th- this must be a huge barrier to to entry to to use of, of a tool like like yours e- even today H- how can how can hr professionals help educate employees that 
it's okay to talk about this stuff and it's okay to just to, to, to use a tool like learn to live to to, to better the, the the lives of employees you know that's a great question bill i think one of the biggest ways is that hr professionals and managers in the company leaders in the company even colleagues for each other uh can remind each other that um individuals employees and family members can engage in our services without being identified back to their employer and so uh, for example, Learn to Live would know that, Bill, you enrolled in a program. Uh, we know who you are, but we don't share your personally identifiable information back to your employer. And that's really, I think, the number one thing that um, HR professionals can do to support and encourage um, higher utilization. I think the second thing is just help get the word out. Uh, you know, part of what we do and the way I think we're unique uh, sometimes in the way we partner is that we uh, work to be really creative with our clients to engage their communities directly. And uh, we're fortunate to have a lot of clients that give us permission to do that. Uh, we do, you know, they do provide us with oversight and approval, but we, we go out and we engage directly with those communities and we're fully independent. So we are not integrated on the technology side with our clients by design. We're, we're independent. And so the HR professionals, with these things in mind, if they can stay stay on these messages and continue to remind their communities of this, it can really help uh, with engagement for us. Okay, thank you. So you're not the only platform out there uh, in this space. What, what does Learn to Live do differently than, than other mental health online programs in, in, in the space? You know, I think a few different things come to mind. You know, one is, as I, as I mentioned, the way we partner with organizations, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, at the beginning of a relationship, really understanding how it is that the communities um, are informed and uh, working hard to uh, be creative with those channels. You know, we, we can go old school with our campaigns and do refrigerator, refrigerator magnets, or we can do, you know, high, high digital social campaigns um, that aren't intrusive, but are enough to really engage uh, individuals. I think the second thing where we're different is we really started as a direct to consumer um, company by design. We spent the first year or so going out uh, online and finding sufferers where they were, befriending them, engaging with them. And learning how to do that uh, before we even considered partnering with organizations. Because back during my time on the other side as an HR professional, you know, seeing these services that were being paid for that really weren't um, being utilized in ways that the organization was hoping they would be, that was a big mission for us was to say, how do we really change this metric? How do we change this story for employers, for example? Uh, and so that's in our DNA, being very consumer focused. I think the third thing that we do is we really help guide sufferers, what we say, through a journey. And so um, members who engage in our community have a lot of choice. You know, they can override maybe a recommendation we have to start in one program and they can choose a different program. And so they have a lot of control over what they do. But we also provide a lot of tools and a lot of guidance because 80, over 80 percent of our members have never been in therapy before. And so there's a there's a very important balance there between guiding sufferers through something that's very personal and very difficult, but also still uh, empowering our members to really drive and make choices in a very self-directed way, if that makes sense. I, I wonder if you're able to uh, give a bit of lip service to maybe one of the two 
of the organizations that you do work with and, and offer examples around and stats if you can around the ROI of a program like Learn to Live in, in terms of addressing issues like uh, excessive time off, lack of productivity or, or presenteeism. You know, I, I can maybe take those in reverse order. We're, uh, you know, from an ROI point of view, again, with some of our clients being as old as, as four years old with us now, we're fortunate to have a lot of data. And uh, a lot of that ROI can point to significant changes in, for example, you know, it's not uncommon for us to see a 25 to 30% drop year over year in ER visits due to panic attacks. Um, you know, 15 to 30% increases in productivity, uh, 25% decreases in attrition uh, at universities, you know, certainly uh, impacted by those who are using our programs. Um, all of these uh, metrics are are managed closely and watched closely on a quarterly basis that that we do with our clients. Um, in terms of actual clients, um, yeah, we're fortunate to work with um, you know large health plans, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota, for example, um, other other very large blues plans to um, really progressive employers. General Mills is an example. Lando Lakes. Um, these are some of the Minnesota-based companies, but we have uh, presence down south. We have uh, presence with plans on the East Coast. Uh, we're moving to the West Coast. So uh, in January, uh, we'll be adding literally millions more onto our platform. And again, we're, you know, we're fortunate to, to also work with universities. The University of Minnesota here in town is, is a great example. I think second largest university in the country. 56,000 students, five campuses. We're in our second year with them, and uh, they've just been a tremendous partner. Dale, you're not going to believe this. We are already coming towards the end of this interview. Just a last couple of questions for you for today. Uh, so I understand that you currently have programs for stress, anxiety, worry, depression, social anxiety, and insomnia. Um, listeners, by the way, if you're, if you're struggling with insomnia, you can also listen to more episodes of the HR Chat Show. Uh, no, just joking. It's it's terribly, <laughs> <laughs> it's terribly engaging. It won't make you fall asleep. Um, what, what, what additional programs do you plan to add in, in the next three, six and 12 months? You know, the one that uh, I can I can speak to specifically at this time is substance use. So that will be coming out early in 2020. Uh, and as you can imagine, that's a very important topic and very relevant for our clients. Um, beyond that, we do have a pretty lengthy list of programs uh, uh, lined up, and they'll be coming out on a very regular basis uh, starting in 2020. But there are a, a good number of programs that can be addressed with online CBT, which is what we do. Uh, and so certainly substance use is next, but then there'll be many more coming after that. Wonderful. Sounds exciting. And just finally for today, Dale, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they also learn more about Learn to Live? You know, the best place to uh, to learn more about us is to visit us. And that's online at uh, www.learntolive.com, L-E-A-R-N-T-O-L-I-V-E.com. And anywhere on our site, you can press a contact us button and reach out to our team. And uh, we'd be happy to be in touch with you and answer any questions that you have. And I think you're pretty generous on LinkedIn. I believe you accepted my request to connect. So, <laughs> so listen, if, if he takes my request, he's probably going to take yours as well, right? right sure, there? happy to do so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just leads me to say for today, Dale Cook, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.
Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 